Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Crazy Cora's Mustache Ride. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. You sure are pretty in the morning sun. Lady, you're about a half a bubble off the plum. And that's for sure and for certain. Said I never had much use for one. Never said I didn't know how to use it. I'm talking about my dick. Cue the theme song. Legendary shot. You know your weapons. It's a lever action breech loader. Usual barrel length's 30 inches. This one has an extra four. An experimental weapon with experimental ammunition. Are you familiar with the army revolver, Mr. Cooper? Well, sir, I never had much use for one. God created all men. They say Sam Colt made him equal. This ain't Dodge City. You ain't Bill Hickok. Said I never had much use for one. Never said I didn't know how to use it. All right. It is the last of Western August at the Hold Up (laughs) Podcast. Um, we started out strong with two hold-up movies, uh, then we slipped last week with The Quick and the Dead, though expectations were high, maybe, or at least slightly higher for that one. This week, we had a much more low-key western called Quigley, Down Under. So not really a western, it's an Australian. That's right, that's right. Uh... You might not have heard of this uh, 1990 Western flick uh, directed by Simon Winsor, written by John Hill, who spent quite a long time writing this movie and getting it optioned and never made for 15 years. It provided him with some fairly decent income. Uh, And he was kind of into writing about the genocide of the aboriginals in Australia. And so this movie is kind of uh, has that Aboriginal genocide as the as the backdrop for this flick. Tom Selleck, Laura San Giacomo and Alan Rickman star in this one. Uh, What's her name? Um, Laura San Giacomo, the TV show that she is most known for. Just shoot me. That's right. Yeah. Um, So so surprising in this because she didn't really go too mainstream with movies and let's face it as much as we all might love the mustache wielding tom Selleck, he is kind of more of a tv movie guy not so much big movie guy these guys are both tv guys so um laura san giacomo which is funny (laughs) the the um the uh, what is it? Ebert's review of this movie said about that Laura Sangio. He's like, oh, this will finally be uh, maybe the movie that proves her staying power. And then she fucking boop, never seen her again, unless she was beside David Spade, another person that uh, you know, never seen again. Just chilling which out is, these days, which is maybe fine, maybe TV. And I've heard on some other podcasts by people who are into this kind of thing that sometimes t- those TV jobs that you get a hold of, maybe after this, it was like, oh, come be on this show, and she was like, woo, I'm set for life, and that Fuck, was. Uh, I'm totally her off best my ass. Play. She was just in Barry. 
just for oh, a while. Oh, was she? In the she, show Barry? She was just, she did four episodes of Barry. I didn't even fucking realize it. She's been working, man. She's been working. I take back everything I said, Laura Sangio Como. That reminds me that you apologize. that you just said that. I just finished watching two seasons of the show The Bear on Disney. Okay, I've seen the first season. It's great. It's great. It is a great show, not just good. It's great. So, Colin, get that into your eye holes and all list. of our viewers. My, uh, get it in there. It's, it it's mostly short episodes, but they get some amazing cameos and some incredible performances out of some of the cameos, especially second season stuff. And I don't know if you know Maddie Matheson. Um, yeah. But he actually is like one of the producers and like co-writers of the show, I think, I believe. And stars in. And he's in it too. He has a small role, so they did it really well by not like giving him a big fucking part. Just a yeah. little role. And he's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is all over the second season and has like ser- some serious like, oh yeah. And Sarah Paulson and uh, uh, there's some other great, great cameos and stuff like that. The second season's better than the first. Definitely. Sarah Paulson. Okay, eh? So who was the girl we were making fun of that led to all of this? Uh, that was Laura San Giacomo. So Laura, um, while she may be working and may be in good and other things, I don't think this was one of them. Oh, Agree. <laughs> just wanted to say, like, yeah, she like did do other things too. She was shitty is because you just saw her do what she did in this, and you're like, she must be shitty. Yeah, that's but why. look, I didn't even think about how shitty she was in Barry. She must have been good. That's so look, so she's probably better now. <laughs> so this lady draws a line in the sand to play this character, um, Cora, who's admittedly been through a, a pretty crazy trauma they write actually it's her trauma in this movie is is actually unique i wondered if you guys appreciated any of that well so it's her trauma, fucking dark and a big surprise her trauma comes after there is a fight where she hits quigley in the face with a paddle from a boat because the other guy ducks like in a three stooges movie so it starts out like really silly in comedy. It's like, this is a light comedy. This is a light comedy. This is a light comedy. She smothered her baby. And you're, I was like, what? And oh, yeah, then don't... Aboriginals start getting chased okay, off cliffs. There you go. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, what, where, where, what fucking, where, is this a drama? Is it a horror? Can we, okay, what we're jumping this? ahead and we really don't need to because right at the beginning when we meet Tom Selleck, He's immediately unlikable. Uh, so it sets the stage for the movie to be quite interesting. Um, seeing as how Tom Selleck is like this smug. I know he's supposed to be like the man's man or whatever, but he comes off as a prick kind of like, you know, I don't know. Am like I the he, only one? He, I don't know. I don't think so. He he like is getting off the boat and he wants to make sure that some older people who were first in line don't get messed up by that really beefy guy and then he stops a woman from getting no, like no, taken away he, against her will but then he tells that guy that he's fucking next like and then knees him in the balls or something <laughs> yeah that first guy like i understand the, the moves that he does asshole helping I, old I, people I, and then helping a lady is great and quigley doing that is great it's the manner and the attitude that he has when he does those things i don't know i just it's really smug I didn't find him to be like a likable um, 
scoundrel type of thing or like this this like noble gentleman like he had like this smug i'm better than everybody fucking way of approaching these things it was kind of bugged me yeah he did it with the old people because it made him look good not because he was being nice to them and then he shoves it in the guy's face by going next and then he hits him in the balls so it wasn't it's not chival there wasn't chivalry there no he's looking he's looking for conflict (laughs) no i i 100 percent disagree because what he does is he like maybe he was in line before that guy actually because this is a reverse lost boys i can already fucking sense it well i don't know like that just seems like a bit of a stretch because he doesn't just get in line and butt in front of the guy to get his way and then whack him in the balls for no reason he gets in front of the guy because he was ahead of him and as they're still trying to mosey forward going no faster than people do in traffic the guy starts mouthing off and doing other shit again so quickly shuts him the fuck up and i'm like better for it you are the last guy i would uh, think that that thought violence was the way to deal with someone just being a dick this is the old west fucking it doesn't matter are we not talking about the way to behave he hit the guy in the balls the balls even me and my brother okay we fought like fucking cats and dogs growing up okay always always fought like cats and dogs two rules no hit the face no hit the balls right i'm five years younger so i break those rules uh, on occasion (laughs) come on you've watched deadwood you know there's no such thing as a fair fight when you're out there okay and if i was watching deadwood i would feel differently but this is like gums him up to be this fucking uh this disney type of fucking old disney type of hero type of guy I don't, I don't, I don't know. know where he you're just... getting. I don't know where you're coming in with the Disney stuff. Like, I'll agree that opening fight uh, sequence is a little on the lighter and sillier side, and this the movie music. does get into some darker yeah. themes, but it also doesn't go like crazy with violence and other stuff. Like this movie, I, it definitely. Ha- I, it's one of the things I wanted to talk about is the line it walks between like uh, something almost like something silly like that fight scene. And some of the banter with him and Cora, and then how serious it gets when, um, you know, they're, they're defending babies and shooting dingoes and throwing Aboriginals off the off the cliff, yeah, and 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 Quigley gets that old man's wife killed, that the kid's mom, and the old man still helps him. It's so noble. Oh my god! Well, and also Quigley gets betrayed by the Aboriginal guy, like, and that's the working. Like the thing is, is the movie starts off the music, the directing the the dialogue starts off really cheesy fun when brent says disney it's kind of like supposed to be like a jungle adventure type disney it's not it's supposed to be fun you know that's what i mean i don't mean like an animated or something indiana uh, indiana jones kind of that kind of thing yeah yeah it it feels like it's more for children it's like like jungle Mm. like a jungle adventure or something with quigley and it's gonna be for real you think it's gonna be g and then it doesn't go G. It's like then you start getting into like people being like whipped off cliffs and women yeah. smothering yeah. their babies unintentionally and then being shipped off by their husbands. It's like so heavy and dark. I like her defining fit. defining victory in the show when she doesn't smother a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that's just normal. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a <laughs> when she manages to not kill a baby and we all fucking are like, oh, Oh, she fucking arced hard there. Yeah, we, 
if that's she, totally true. I don't know where the movie goes if she smothers the baby in that scene. Because she's like, damn it, again? The, that and goes also, really weird. Also the fact, Shit, maybe the it's fact, me. The fact that they made me even sit through that scene having to, to, to like stress out with the anxiety of, of her having to now smother a black baby. Like, why would you do that to me? A black blonde baby, by the way. That baby's cool as I fuck. I don't know. If you, it, if you yeah, think of it, like talking about it this way. Black and blonde? Up. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. It's like the um, Brad Pitt of babies. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's a, that was an interesting direct um, arc moment for her. Like, I, I didn't think when she said that she had smothered her baby, which is awful, right? You could see how if she was terrified enough. I was trying to put myself in her place and like her husband who just walks her off. It, it's just a, it's a dark situation all around. So I was more trying to th- figure it out. Does that explain why she's so insane uh, through well, the first the bit of the movie? That's the other thing too that me and Brett had mentioned is, and I'm sure Hillary may have mentioned it too, is she goes in and out. So she, she'll be like talking to him about those things. But then like who we met in the beginning are biting people's ears off and stuff. And she was like a savage. But then she goes back to that again. It seems like she's not her character is not consistent, or she's got some real mental. No, that's it. She's on. not consistently crazy. The dialogue sometimes like shows her to be um, totally on top of the play, right? Grounded. And the end, right? Yeah. And then other times it seems to be like not there. Like I guess maybe the trauma. Uh, you know, there's like she's aware of it and she can play into it. Like maybe. I just didn't feel like that was done particularly well. Her insanity. thats And her insanity is another reason why I kind of was getting that Disney vibe. It's like she was like the silly, crazy one, right? Like, ah, she was overboard at the beginning. Like, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, I, like, it just felt weird. And then all of a sudden, she's a baby smotherer. And then, bam, genocide. So you're like Apple Dumpling Gang. And then baby <laughs> dead. And then fucking genocide. Yeah, and then you're like, like "What if, happened?" <laughs> yeah, well, like I don't like. That's not like that came out of nowhere. Schindler's List. Why is genocide? Dumpling Schindler's List, Nick. No, like that's why Quigley was brought to 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 work for Marston was to kill Aboriginals. So it's not like a shock. Like oh, it is shocking to see it, to but that that's not a yet. surprise. No, the Schindling Dumpling Gang. Yeah. <laughs> So we haven't even no, but we haven't even Schindler, got to that part shit. yet. That's the other thing too is the um, Hans Gruber character is um, Rick Rickman. very very mustache twisting. He's just like I just hire people to come out here to like shoot Aborigines for me or whatever. And definitely the in the closet, he is but struggling he also, hard with that homosexuality. But he also he's hiring all those strapping young tough, dudes tough out times. there. Yeah, yeah, tough times go, out go there. Go pick that up, Bradley. <sighs> like but that. he also has his men out there, like just running up to them and shooting them with like pistols. So like, though I don't, his need for a sniper seems weird. Like you just they're wh- whipping them off cliffs. Like whoa, now he wants a sniper too. Like what? What more do? Like it did, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. <clears throat> he's did, he's a guy with t- too much money and and things to do. Like he. I think he was probably <laughs> things to bored. do. <laughs> he certainly does have I things think it to was, do. And all his men Genocide were super into and, uh, killing yeah. the aboriginals. But yeah, they must yeah. somehow be 
like they 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 sounded like from the way he described it that they were a nuisance because they were just on his land taking his cattle and they're like living their thing right it's the whole like aboriginal and indigenous peoples like it's just craziness we're just sitting on their land and we're calling it our own whatever that that's what he's kind of dealing with so like it, it, and then he says that you know the guys are staying out of uh or the, the the parties are staying out of his rifle range i don't know it was it was thin absolutely what made what made less sense to me was that when um alan rickman told rick quigley his plan quigley's response was to kick the shit out of him in his own home Instead of yeah. just standing up and being like, oh, you know what? No, that's not for me. That's despicable. I'm just going to go. What the fuck? You wasted my time. He's like, no, I'm going to beat this guy up and then drink a big glass of wine, turn his table over and sit in there with my big gun and maybe kill everybody. I'm not sure what his plan was at that point. That didn't seem too quigly to me at that point. It was over. I mean, noble. that's the most quigly thing. That's quigly so white and- night. That's so that's, white knight. You talk bad about Aboriginal people, kaboom! Like that's it, sir. Dude, he hits a guy in the nuts with a rifle because he was gonna butt in line earlier. Like he <laughs> Quigley is the fucking king of uh, of uh, acting out. Yeah, he gets with down. Violence. Which <laughs> also, by violence. the way, I could appreciate like the whole Quigley being like, like just this Western fucking aggressive son of a bitch. But Selleck doesn't play it that way, and I don't know if Selleck can play it that way. Do you know what I mean? Like, think about Rooster. Rooster is a hard man, right? Even goddamn Matt Damon in fucking that movie seems harder um, than Quigley. Seems to have lived harder, right? Quigley seems very um, primmed. He seems um, violent, but he doesn't seem like like a a western violent man he lacks any real grit i guess i doubt his character i doubt crazy cora's character and i doubt his character the only thing is rickman uh is consistent with all the other rickmans we see so we feel like we're getting what we want there that's fair i i i don't know i i like quigley's not far off for me in this the way selick does him too like really eh I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I, like, I, I get the sense he's, he's not, um, he didn't come up as like a gunfighter, uh, uh, like an illegal gunfighter, stagecoach robber. Like he was probably military. So he had some sense of order around him and like the gun he has and what he does is very specialized. Like no one was using that rifle and especially not to the proficiency he is. And to watch him whack people, he's a fucking stone cold killer, man. It's just, it doesn't quite match with his, the nobleness of his character. Like that guy kills for breakfast. Not like, it seems like a little bit more than just, uh, I agree that he's, he's a well uh, suited killer, but that again is just something that I don't feel like I get from Selick. I guess the believability of it. So, so I agree with Brent because, I love all of this stuff with his gun. I like the, the talking about it and then him shooting the bucket. And then I like him shooting the guys when he once he finally gets to use it against people. I love all that, but he doesn't come off as believable as the guy doing all the stuff. That he doesn't it's it's I don't know if it's the writing and or the acting or probably both the writing and the acting, but he doesn't come off as this tough hombre. He comes off as a bit of a goofball idealist guy that would be the nerd in the movie or something, but yet he's this cold, hard killer, like once he gets a gut rifle in his hand. So there, there did seem to be a weird inconsistency. 
I, to mm. his character and what he was doing. I, 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 maybe at times, but I didn't find it that bad. Like at at the end, when he's telling Rickman, "This like ain't this ain't Dodge City, and you ain't Wild Bill Hickok." Like he's badass in that scene, and then he smokes those three fucking guys. I love that scene oh. in this movie too. Rickman gets so like fucking all tuned up in his shit. It quigley fucking gets the gun in his belt he not only kills the three of them he doesn't even shoot fucking marston first because he's so fast and he knows he's gonna wax the three of them and he's like he gets the shit kicked out of him in this he's not flawless like mostly like it's through like some bad luck or whatever he gets taken down but he gets shot in this he gets dragged through the fucking ground at the end like he's bloody and and beaten in a couple of scenes so I don't know, man. I thought I thought he pulled that part off okay. It's just a, he's a weird character. It's a really unique character, and I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's just in that that he has such morals and is such an efficient killer. And who knows what his background would have been to get that way? I just guessed military. I don't know that for sure. I don't know dick about Quigley. We think so. It's uh, Hillary and Colin pointed out he was wearing the jacket of the North. So. So he would he would have been or no of I mean, the of the sense. Civil War or something was it. It wasn't the North. It wasn't the Civil War. It was the the war against Britain. Was that the war that he was wearing the jacket from? Because those British guys are there, and then he fucking talks shit to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he would have been... Yeah, 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 yeah. Confederacy or whatever. I'm like, trying to think. We, is the West Confederacy, no, um, or is that no, the... No, that's, that that's the, after. That's the American Civil War. The Independence um, War. Yeah. Like it, it, it probably wasn't it probably wasn't 10 to f- or 15 minutes into this movie where where we were trying to come up with things to do to you for making us watch it like <laughs> do horrible things like tying a brick around your leg and throwing you in the river or something because why like, why why so bad like you guys have said also like i i didn't find this directed looked like a tv movie i thought there were some beautiful shots in this it follows the action pretty well. It's well lit. It's in a beautiful country and it takes advantage of that. The music also in this movie is quite good to fit with with what's going on. It's got that kind of heroic feel. It's a little bit Indiana Jones lighter. But, I mean, in Indiana Jones, an old guy's skull fucking melts on camera. Like, it's, we're not talking about that the, big a stretch here. Why, why, why the hate? Like, the, it's, the, a, it's, no. a, it's a tone. It's a very tone thing, man. This movie yeah. does not have a know what, what move, kind of tone to be. It like it sets a tone with its look, its music, the acting and the the writing and the directing. And then it like introduces all of the most heaviest themes and takes the weirdest twists and directions. And then when you think the movie is over, when she has the baby and it's safe and he's walking off and going with the horse or whatever, leaving, Brent and Hillary are ready to get up and leave. They're like, oh, Jesus, it's over. And there was a half an hour left of the movie. And Brent was like, what? <laughs> they two-ending us. <laughs> they did they kind of did. They kind of did, except he had to get Marston. You <clears throat> knew he had to get Marston. But yeah, they did. No, he does. And I realized that at that point. I was like, oh, yeah, fucking Rickman. But shouldn't that be a problem? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, the fucking <laughs> bad guy is in this movie. Yeah, yeah I didn't do the bad guy him. yet, I you it know. Was over too, I did yeah. also think it was over. Wishful thinking, I think. But the um, the thing about this movie was that it could have been good. I think if it, like Colin said, knew what it wanted to be, if it really picked a direction and did it, I think this movie um, 
man, it has a lot going on, right? Like you think about it's got it's got this woman who smothers her kids. It's got Aboriginal genocide, which like we've talked about these kind of things in the past. That topic is huge. Like I've been to Australia and the scars are deep there. Like you really fucking feel it. There's there's a lot of racism. It's just it's it's very similar to here uh, with the indigenous people in North America, right? Yeah, yeah like of course, terrible, yeah. terrible atrocities, and um, and so I think that that is a topic that's. I don't think it's was it really done any justice. This? I thought to. they did actually. I thought they did a pretty good job on that topic because they it, it's definitely atrocious what you see they don't hold back on that and that's like I, vicious it is atrocious like but it feels out. like a footnote but they a footnote oh my god no what yeah because you're worried because it's all about there's quickly. so much it's, more to this movie that's not that genocidal side they, right? they don't really so Cora can get a baby and that's it and then she gets but the baby and then they move on with the whole but it's all thing. what it's about. He like he saves he saves them and he helps them and then like he becomes kind of famous for it and then like they'd have another run in and he saves them a second time and then they help him. And then they're all you know, it's always around and there they're being treated like shit in the back. Like I don't know. I don't know where it it, it doesn't loop out for me. It's None kind of, of his his mission so, other so than I, to save himself. I'm just realizing it now, but none of the uh, Aboriginal people ever be, um, speak English, and so the ones that they hang out with and stuff, they you don't get to know any of them. They don't even that you don't get to know any. You don't. So like in Dances with Wolves, like some of the best characters are the Aboriginal characters, the Indigenous characters, right? Yeah. And you get to know them, and it becomes about the bond between him and them, and then they help each other. He. Sides with well, we them. don't have time this for that. Like, if we had a three and a half hour movie in Australia well, no, for Quigley, well, then we can spend a fucking fairy tale couple of hours. But, with what, the, but what I'm saying is, is like Brent said, it is a footnote. It like feels like it's all secondary to Cora getting her baby and Quigley shooting Rickman. Like all that stuff's the backdrop. But they don't. She really, doesn't get her baby really though. She gives the baby back. Well, yeah, I know, and that's sad too. And what, no, that's like, her her that's her thing isn't getting the baby. It's the victory of not killing the baby. Yeah, her arc is literally <laughs> so. Her arc is literally not smothering a second baby is her arc. That and she calls arc. and she calls Quigley Quigley at the end. She's like, by the way, I know your name's not fucking Ron or Roy. whatever, Roy. <laughs> It's yeah. just too silly to be dealing with these subjects. And because when it does, you're right. We were all horrified. Like, we it were is always, horrifying. We were like, what the fuck is going on here? This is this. When she was going to smother that baby, I was like triggered. Like, yeah, I it's like if all of a it. sudden you're well, watching when Harry met Sally stuff? and then right in the middle, everyone gets a fucking uh, uh, flesh eating disease. <laughs> yeah. Everyone gets everyone gets leprosy uh, at the diner, and you're like, "What? What happened?" <laughs> After her orgasm, <laughs> yeah. After her orgasm, <laughs> everybody gets leprosy. No, they yeah. all people just come in and start shooting. It's everybody. that woman's Whatever. fault that goes. I'll have what she's having, and then she does. She gets the disease, and then she spreads it. No, no, she says, I'll have what she's having. And then a bunch of people in masks burst in, shoot everybody in the restaurant except for Harry and Sally. And then they have to go do something. That's what it would be like. Yeah. And it's called 
Billy Crystal down upper. <laughs> oh, did you just come <laughs> up with that? John, you bet I did. John does not enjoy any of this. I'm we think, have I'm trying detached to from a very important movie. This is like my dad's favorite Western. I know. So well, that's why we knew we were watching it. Because we were like, we're doing Western month. And there is like a billion Western movies that qualify for a holdup. And this movie barely made its fucking money back. And Colin and I, who are big movie fans, never have seen it. No, so sure. it was like we knew we were doing this so that you and your dad could watch this while you're down there and we're all about it. But this is a bad movie. Don't let him listen to You the you should know that it's a bad movie. Yeah, you bad, should know that. Bad bad's too strong. Bad's way too strong. What? The I'm end to- with the fucking handgun deserves to fucking burn the movie by itself how fucking Why? shitty that is Why? it's so stupid oh, I never said I couldn't use one I just said I had no use for one I'm a guy that carries around a sniper rifle and gets into close battle fights with a fucking sniper rifle that by the way iron sights and he's shooting like a kilometer away I'm not buying his fucking abilities um, not, not repeatable definitely not repeatable Once, no. one shot to save the day from that range I'll take and there's I, I looked it up and there's there's a record of like long shots being made at this time with iron sights but uh, I don't know but then for the most part Quigley is not making too long shots but it's also when the bullet hits the guys and they fly back that doesn't happen I don't care if he's using he like basically 50 cal <laughs> We could excuse physics as soon as also, we saw the bucket we were jump in the about air. The yeah. His bullets bullets make buckets jump. Just put water in the them. bucket and show water popping out of it when he shoots it. You don't have to <laughs> fucking make physics new rules. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we we were We were beside ourselves a little. We were a little bit. Yeah, it just that's and hilarious. that's the I thing is that, that there is a bunch of stuff independently that is likable in this movie, right? Like yeah. his and her relationship could have had like they have a, a nice chemistry kind of, right? Um so that kind of is something that works a little bit. Colin, do you disagree there? It's her story about the fucking smothering of her baby, man. Like that the wheels the whole thing for me. After that, like, now to me, she's this damaged person. Quigley shouldn't do anything with her. And I was glad that he didn't because he would be taking advantage of someone who is very vulnerable. So I, I told, I didn't, I felt like they were brothers. But again, and like John said, this is the Old West. But, uh, but at the end, <laughs> rules kissed, are different. But at the end, when they <laughs> kissed, I felt a little uncomfortable. Because I'd seen them as more of brother and sister this whole time. And then once again, it felt like he was taking advantage of a very damaged person. Yeah, I, I didn't need that I didn't need a love story between them. But and I do. I, I like flawed characters and hers is like one of the most flawed. And it's <clears throat> I don't know, man. I don't know what what you what your life would look like if you did did what she did. Uh, oh, no, that's what I'm like, saying. So, like, Horrific so for sure. So I give her I give her character a little bit of credence. Uh, in, well, what in, in I'm saying though go. is what I'm saying is those moments land in a in the way that they're supposed to land in a different movie. If you made a movie about a woman just about her and she was the main character, and and it was about her dealing with that and like moving on with her life, that's a, you could use a lot of the scenes in this movie. That's great, but it doesn't belong in a movie about Quigley, the long arm sharpshooter. 
who like knows how to use a pistol. <laughs> he doesn't just know how to use it. He's like the fastest gun in the West all of a sudden. <laughs> He's a stone cold killer. When did he have time to fucking so practice to with a pistol? He's also the best sniper in the world. He doesn't even carry a handgun. No, he yeah. doesn't. It also That's makes no sense stupid. that he doesn't carry a handgun. It's Snipers stupid. in the military have sidearms, like, I for give reasons. A, I, I, the fact well, that he only has a rifle, he's, like, dedicated to riflery, uh, <laughs> is a little fucking, you it know. Is a little, that's strange. That is. And that then is that's strange. the whole ending, is that Rickman decides to fucking big ball him and have a fucking gunfight, because he knows he can't gunfight, but then, oops, oopies, he can. <laughs> genocide, yep. by the way, this movie's about genocide. And it's about genocide too. <laughs> and baby smothering. But then there's, again, a, then there's the second ending with the the, uh, the Brits yeah. showing up. The second ending <laughs> happens. Okay. Yes. yes, and that's very dances with wolves or whatever too. Because like, because we the only time we get a sense of what they talk about, where he's the he's the Aboriginals like white savior, which is also weird. Some white guy from America saving the Aboriginals. So it's like that's also interesting. Um, but uh, I I never really saw him other than that one fight where they were leaving, and he got his rifle up on the ridge and was shooting those guys. We did we see a montage of him like running around shooting people and fighting with them in the wars. No, in the wars, no. No, so but everyone kept talking about it like it was spreading around. That well, he, he was, had he had two encounters directly with people who were trying to kill Aboriginals. So. That's how he was known as, and then he's going after Marston's men, and, and Marston's men are trying to kill Aboriginals. How, so it's not how like, long. How long was he with them science. too? Because they, he, his face was beaten up bad, and then they had a montage where he teaches him how to lasso, and she teaches him how to make potpourri or something, and then yeah. all of a sudden their <laughs> wounds are, their wounds are, their wounds are magically healed. So they were there like two months or something, because like the wounds he had on his face would at least be two months. But they're wearing the same clothes, and it feels like the next day. Well, so I don't think anyone's weird... got to change your clothes. There's no laundromat at the Aboriginal. Well, joint. the clothes seem like new and fresh. Maybe they washed them. I guess in the yeah, river. May, may, maybe they did. I guess they're like a week or two. But you know, oh, movie shit for wounds, wounds healing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, months. he gets shot in the leg, and it just ain't no thing. Um, I do like, I do like the strategy um, of the gunfight that he has with the guys up on the hills. Um, some of the stuff and like some some of the gunplay in this, I don't I don't hate at all. Unlike you guys, I like the ending because fucking dude was like way too cocky and Quigley was a stone cold killer. So I don't care if he carries a pistol or not that he's like I, I can can throw down because he's it's from because that part of the world. It's fine. It's like and it, they they make a point. It's a joke almost, right? It's a it's part of that lightness which doesn't always play well with the genocidal shit. Uh, which is that he's asked twice or t- yeah, two times throughout the movie about the handgun thing. And he says the same words twice so that he doesn't give away that he cause actually he's like, I could shoot you dead with fucking my dick. Um, yeah. Do you know what that smells like to me? That smells like the guy got to the end, didn't know how to fucking end it, made this bullshit Marston fucking gun thing and then went back and threw those two lines in fucking yeah. postmortem just to make it end sense. Yeah. Like it yeah. just it's I'll it's gi- a, I'll, it, I'll give you that I'll give you that the whole the whole burning burning house down thing and the big shootout there like and he jumps and takes the guy off and then lets him go and I'm like now we got another showdown after that like that should have been it somehow with Marston there and then end it all and then that's it yeah, yeah get back to the woman and then the, the dingoes are alive and then they they kiss on top of the dingo corpses 
fucking I get hard watching that. The thing that Colin was really right about was um, that we don't know any of the aboriginals and we don't need them to speak at all. Like we don't need them to be English native speakers for us to like them. It could be totally nonverbal, but there should be a connection there. I know they help them and that is touching and there is like a, a, you know, an endearing thing there, but we don't really know them and i think that the movie had had space for that and i don't know think think about the wait so think about the last samurai there is at least three characters in the last samurai like that are in that village that don't speak english and they like like the one kid that always rides the horse the son of the guy there's no big scenes with him but we see all these moments with them and we get to know those characters maybe not their names, and then we get to like them and we feel connected to the aboriginals just like Quigley does because he gets to know them and like them too. There's none of that. They feel like they're just cardboard cutouts, you know? They're definitely, they are one character. Like, they are one mass. The only individualism given is when Cora exchanges the button with the one gal um, and she's later one of the ones thrown off the cliff. So like, that's hard for Cora. That scene actually hits kind of hard. Cause if you watch that montage by the time it th- they do spend a bit of time there and they like, they teach each other some stuff. So you just get to see them being easy with each other, but it, you're right. It's not a ton. Um, I think that's why the movie more chose to go with the like shock of like the first time we really see the group of Adger- aboriginals together is like being tossed off a cliff, which is awful. And that's how they're like, boom, this, this character just got like killed. Now we're going to really care about like all the shit that's going on here and and it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting way to go about it but also though one other thing i'll counter that with is that um last samurai is about a half hour maybe more longer than this so like again like if you take the time to develop you're going to be dealing with a significantly longer movie that i don't know would have the chops to to cut it would that have made it better like if you guys had more of that middle based on the i think so this is a first page rewrite though for me you have to choose what this is is it a drama or is it a comedy you can have dramas with comedy in them that's fine but it can't be a comedy well isn't that, that like an drama. adventure you can't, like indiana you know, jones like why isn't this an indiana jones example indiana jones is uh the writing in indiana jones is much better the way that they write that is much better the comedy in indiana jones plays much better tonally with the, the well, story it's consistent that there's throughout more, the movie. There's right? more slapstick comedy in Indiana Jones than this. Way more. Way but more. this is this movie's not Indiana Jones. I just mean like when we brought that up, it was more just that the tone at the beginning of the movie gives you that feeling that you're like Quigley is indie, right? That's that's the vibe you get. That's right. that Disney vibe I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. And that's not the movie. That's just that's like where you feel like you're being um, led to like the hostess grabs your hand. She brings you to Indiana Jones's table, but then quickly as you're about to sit down, she turns you 180 degrees and then you sit at Schindler's list. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> kind of, but not, not go, effective. You go back to Indy though. And then you go back to Schindler. So I get that's that. The like, problem. You're see going another, back but an, another movie I didn't mind that did this was Forrest Gump. Um, which, yeah, which goes Forrest from Gump. like super happy <laughs> slapstick box of chocolates to fucking full blown AIDS. Did you say so, it, it held up John? I did. Yeah. Forrest Gump. 
Yeah. Me, me and Paul I really want to watch like, it with you guys because I I wasn't part of that show, so I was curious. We should do uh, it again because, because me and Paul are convinced that it's right-wing propaganda disguised as a Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, they said it was dangerous. All of the it's Ooh. a little dangerous. It's it gives me- bad messages. Um, I mean, to people. That's very interesting. I know. Speaking that's my that's face why shirt? I would like you to watch it. Okay, let yeah, us we should. That we again. should. We'll cue it. We'll cue that one up for a rewatch. Because I would like John to watch it again too. Sure. Yeah. No. I'll Although, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it. I a feel shot. like his judgment's a little off since he's been out in the woods. I think he needs to come back home to the city. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, um, but maybe we should also, maybe we should also lay this one out, spread it thin on a piece of toast to whether or not we think it holds up. Well, (laughs) do that. Are you ready? We have, we talked about everything I'm trying to think. Oh, we skip fucking big things of good movies. We don't need to cover everything here. Okay, all right, calm down. All right. I mean, no, no, no. no. <laughs> calm down. Okay, I'm chill. I'm chill. I'm chill. I'm just saying. I'm just we can talk. What, what do you want to talk about? Anything? The acting? How is the acting? How did you feel about the acting? Other than Alan Rickman, not very good. <laughs> How did you feel? All right, short, short discussion. Short <laughs> one. Short good. one. <laughs> I feel no, like I, Selleck is I mean, I wasn't super in love with the actor. acting, but I, I like Selleck. I just don't particularly like this movie i could even get down with quigley as selick in the apple dumpling gang tone do you know what i mean like he's just so clean jesus yeah john you know (laughs) doesn't doesn't uh, are we calling it for no i for this movie i think selick does does like a better than average job i think he sets it up i don't know like clean i think he's neat a neat person and people in the wild west or even in australia wouldn't be clean but he's also not like sparkling clean through a lot of this movie so i don't know i don't really get that but uh uh but i think he did fine i think actually cora's character has always been over the top for me um I don't love how she played it, and um, it, it's a hard character. I give it some leeway, but I, at the end of the day, she doesn't really do it for me. R- Rickman is just... Rickman's perfect for how this movie ends. He's such a fucking sneezy, sneaky little douchebag. But did you and think he fucking John, gets his chest blown open. I love it. John, did you think Carr's character was consistent, though, or did you find her character to not make sense? She, there are times when she's speaking what seems normally, but she's saying kind of strange things. And so it takes the movie a long time for her to start, stop doing that. She's crazy through a lot of it. Once, once Quigley is around and kind of, she, she, she latches onto him. She starts to get a little bit better is how I kind of feel about that. So it's, it's, it's still a bit over the top, but. No, I think once like she's coming around, she's like saying how that went, and then oh, that's when these people came over for dinner. They're always like that, and it's like just a little crazy. And he's like, "The hell are you talking about, lady? Quit!" So I don't know. Like it's got to keep Quigley on his toes too, and then she's such a cock tease, um, and and he's like into it, and then at the end she's like, "Split me open, Matthew Quigley." But how? <laughs> but how that? Like uh, like a character that that we would talk about being eccentric or are messed up. <sighs> Be a character like in Fight Club, like that Helen Bonham Carter plays, like Marla Singer. Yeah, she's like she's sometimes she's Marla Singer, and then other times she's just like completely not Marla Singer. She's just like 
she's just like riding along on the trail and she's just like ta- chatting it up or whatever. Yeah. Like you can't, she breaks, it almost feels like she breaks character in scenes. Are you saying uh, Marla does or? No, or this? Marla never does. Marla Singer no, no. is always Marla Okay, Singer. yeah, no, sorry. You were confusing me there with your, with your drawing comparison. No, th- th- it's night and day for the performances. I would have been, <laughs> yeah. I would have been slightly more subtle in the craziness. And I would have probably gone back and done a much better job of like ramping it down and and turning up the the normal. Um, there are I don't know other little things like the first scene that they get into a fight. She runs after the bad guys and he's like trying to snipe around her. And the next scene, he like she doesn't run and she starts like feeding him ammo. So there's little little things like that that kind of make me like her character. And like there's tons of there's tons of drama when he's riding into the village and having that fight and she's fighting the dingoes and it's all going wrong like there's some high stakes at that point which is like the highest stakes though in the movie for our main character um characters brent Brent wanted to ask you a question brent about the about the bullets (laughs) how's he getting new bullets when he's down there so he said he was making he he had a pack to make his reload Right. So I'd guess probably he's taking his uh, empty casings, his shells. And he's he said there when he goes to see the old man in the village, he tells them there's a way to sub out the slug from a 45 something that'll fit in his. And then he he also uses a paper wad. And that is actually a real thing that that shooters of the time would do to get better spin and accuracy from their shots. So he does talk about it. He also mentions like he's light on ammo and and he has to find a place to get that done. So I because at the end of the movie, he has a shitload of ammo. He has like he got it all from the yeah, he got it all from the guy whose wife he killed, got killed. Brent's all forgetting, but he also mentioned what do you think of the reloads? They do a good job in this movie of that because it's a single shell reload and every time Quigley shoots, it, it it shows him shooting. It shows the dude get hit in the chest and then as it cuts back to Quigley, we hear the reload and he's got the uh, the handle jacked back to load the round. So I, I actually, I watched all that, that very reminds closely. Me, that reminds me of my big problem with the movie. What? Was that he was a sniper with a fucking, what are those called? Uh, the Lever? fucking... The lever with a lever action rifle, which are known for not being fucking great long distance rifles because they lose capacity. It should have been a bolt action. I don't know if this character is historically accurate. It, it is. Or it if is. there this is was... something to do with this guy. But I feel oh. like the like that rifle design, um, not shooting okay. that grouping at 900 meters. Uh, the, the capabilities they're showing are definitely not realistic for a person to not only shoot which i'm fine with i just build. wish that the rifle would have been a little bit um, the rifle like, is legit, if he's doing though. if he's doing the like the old west like like uh in the town shooting those lever action that carbines, lever action yeah. thing's great those lever action carbines you're right um th- they had a whole bunch of issues this one's not like that this is a sharps rifle and so it is legit it was one of the most if not the most powerful at the time had the biggest caliber um uh, bullets. This is basically like a 50 cal. So um, a lot of people called it into question because it seemed pretty unrealistic. Uh, but this movie up the sale of sharps by a thousand percent. Apparently in oh, the shit. Navy SEALs, if you get a sniper kill where you take out two guys, they call it the Quigley because Quigley does that on Marston's ranch, which is pretty another awesome scene in this little movie. I was waiting for that at the beginning because he had so few bullets. Yeah. And then when it happened at the end, Colin goes, there you go, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they called it. Yeah, <laughs> they called it. 
He yeah, almost, yeah. almost when two of them were riding on a horse, Blunt's like, he's going to shoot both at the same time. And it, he didn't there, but it, it didn't like an hour later, he does it. So, yeah. When he has a bunch of bullets, he does it. Not when he has few in the beginning, when <laughs> yeah. it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. It, um, it just definitely can't. has so much things going on in it and like so many themes and so many of them are dark and horrible. And so you've got to pick. First of all, you've got to pick what you want, the story you want to tell. And then secondly, you got to you got to pick. You cannot have a such a dark theme throughout the movie without having a tone that can match it. Um, like there's humor in Schindler's List, but it's not this kind of humor. That's the well, joke but you balance about the it, right? You put you put horror in in horror movies. You put comedy in horror movies. You put comedy everywhere. You, the balance is nice, but it's tricky. And I think where it walks the line is where with the tone, right? Mm-hmm. Tonally, a movie needs to be consistent, and then you can have humor and darkness consistent with that tone. But when your tone fluctuates in the manner of of that, right, like uh, darkness and and humor or whatever, like it it, I think it, it makes it askew a little bit, and it 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 for me, anyways, it just kind of frazzled me. I felt like these things don't fit together, and not in that interesting like avant-garde way where you're like oh new perspective it's like oh bad perspective doesn't hold up oh okay well that was good oh were we doing that i got carried away we We just did motherfucker you started it bitch sorry boy sorry 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 but yeah it doesn't hold up anyways no it's time this movie has once again this movie is probably three different movies there should be a movie about just cora that would be great and there should be a movie about the aboriginals being ran off cliffs like they used to do over here to the buffalo. They weren't even running them off. They were whipping them off the cliffs. And then one of them fell to their death and had a baby on them. And that baby survived and it was blonde. <laughs> anyway, those kinds of things could be... That's a whole movie. The that's aboriginals were, movie. were blonde. I think actually... Um, there's quite a few uh, black-skinned people that have blonde gets, hair. Yeah, you see it in the, red, uh, red, thin red line too. Um, yeah, that tribe true. in the beginning has the, the blonde sun, hair. It's this them being out in the sun. I think bleaches their hair. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but it's cool as fuck. It is cool. And, and then the other story is of a man who is of this long shooter, but really secretly is the best fast draw ever. That's a whole movie by itself. Once again, <laughs> that so this doesn't hold up. But if you could make three movies out of this, they'd be really good movies. But I wouldn't get Tom Selleck. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's all. Well, there you go, John. John, <laughs> did you say? Will you be excommunicated as the son if did you Colin say the words? <laughs> yeah, That's with your father. Would your father? I not, Colin, you oh, said the words, right? Up. It's not, right, okay. but would your will your father not want to be? your father anymore no i i've shit on so many movies mike was always my favorite he'll say yeah that's probably what he'd say no um (laughs) i've shit on so many movies that i think my mom wants that they don't they don't listen to the show and uh, i'll tell them we all said it hold up and we'll just make peace with that okay do that i'm Um, fine with you do saying that i'm just kidding i'd never i'd never to them i will tell them i loved it no see (laughs) i i I I think ultimately (laughs) 
Ultimately, what it comes down to in this for me is that Colin and Brent have kind of nailed uh, the adding a third theme is really interesting. But the two themes in this movie um, are 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 big, and unfortunately, my favorite part of this movie is the is the lone riding Western guy Quigley. Like all his shit, all his gun fighting, the trouble he gets into, and the revenge he gets. I like all that shit in this movie, but I just there's the whole stuff with Cora and and her character, and that then thanks to a couple of other interesting decisions uh, along the way, like that seem out of character for different characters throughout this movie and some pacing stuff. It's uh, it doesn't hold up unfortunately, but I think a movie just straight up about Quigley and he like gets beat up and thrown out because he doesn't want to do the job and then he fights his way back and then kills everybody at the ranch that sounds like a good episode of something i want to see quigley fuck a little bit let's see him hang dong you know Selleck well, has a big old cock oh, on he's him. huge man let's fucking throw that thing well, around and there is and the girl who plays cora in this um she we both thought that we were gonna she was gonna take off her top and we we're gonna have a nice sex scene here but instead, Honestly. we had a lot of Aboriginal boobs. There is boobs Which in this movie. I'm not against. Like, I'm fine with it. I just, I really want to see Cora's because she looked good in that bustle or whatever she wears. The bustle is the ass part. Oh, sorry. She just looks like she was hiding some, um, something nice under there. The bustle's <laughs> the ass. And I figure, you know. <laughs> the, oh. Brent, Brent knows about old western timey uh it's because during western month when i do the write-ups on occasion the word bustle comes up and i think to myself am i using this word properly and so i (laughs) research it and find out yeah i am it's the ass so okay bustle hey no i'm i'm always glad to learn new words you could be uh, hustling that bustle you could hustle bustle selick for sure hustle bustle hmm that is the truth. That is the truth. All right. Well, mm. uh, then the month of Westerns went okay. Half good, half not good. Uh, weird movies won the day, but um, Quick and the Dead and this uh, this one not, not looking too not looking too favorable. What I will though let you know, folks, is that we got a pretty exciting September coming up. Who wants to hear the September lineup? Let's Ooh, get since, since I have no idea what it is, I think I should know. You think you should know? Right. Absolutely. So let's go. We're going into an animated film, one of the animated films that really uh, set the stage for animated films in uh, Mike Myers as Shrek. So Shrek's Ooh. coming out of the gate. Then we're going to follow that one up with... Uh, Benicio Del Toro, Michael Douglas, and Topher Grace in Traffic. We're going to do Traffic. Oh, I thought it was going to be... Steven I Soderbergh. I thought it was going to be another animated movie. I thought we were doing an animated one. No, it's not. We're like, going those random. Three guys, I was like, those three guys are in an animated movie? I was like, what is that, Ants or something? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Traffic. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so then after that one, folks, we are getting into uh, one that I believe came as a request from my brother, Mike, uh, and it's At Close Range. Ooh. Sean Penn, Christopher that. Walken, 
Chris Penn, Mary Stuart Masterson, a whole bunch of other people. I have not seen this recognize. movie. I have not seen this movie, so that's yeah. great. James Foley directed, uh, so we're going to be getting that one into us. At Close Range. I've heard Ooh. of it. Never Chris Walken's super badass. Okay, so then. Oh, wait. I've seen that. Well, who is in it again? Sean Penn, Christopher Walken, yeah. Chris Penn, and Mary Stuart Masterson. No, not the one I was thinking about. I was thinking about that one with Christopher Walken and Lawrence Fishburne, where he's the old fucking 90s gangster, and he gets released from prison and decides to take his shit back. Oh. That's I don't top remember end that one. Walken. Is that this that King this? of New York? I think it is. Oh, that's King right. of New York. I think yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. And then we're gonna finish the month up, maybe, probably with the story that never ends. The never and that ending is? story. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's what's gonna happen. Get fucking is that the one where ready. They fly on dogs and stuff. It's a luck dragon. Sorry. Jesus His Colin. name is Falcor. I love that Colin like doesn't a... have a history with this. A lot of people don't. I in my you workshops. You don't, Colin? In my I, workshops, I, I mentioned this quite a bit. Dog, flying dog, our dragon, or whatever. I but I I think I've maybe it's seen it once. I was really dog young. dragon. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. It'll be interesting for me to watch that one too. Nice. Yeah, I always thought I, the dragon looked like a dog. I always thought it looked like a big dog. It does. It kind of does. I will because of the hair and stuff. Yeah, it's got the ears too. Mm. Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Well, that's an exciting September. So we'll get all of those movies coming at you, starting with Shrek next week. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to that. Is it's going to be neat, um, and it'll be our first movie night back together. Hey, oh, yeah, it'll be great. Nice. That'll be excite. It will be excite. All right, cool. And then we'll make the podcast excite to follow. That's the best. So Shrek coming at you next week, folks. Um, Thanks for coming out and listening to this one. We really appreciate that you do. And we'll talk to you next week. And until then, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM. 